Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This week, I'm so excited um, to really invite um, an amazing woman of God. Wow, I, I really have learned so much from Pastor Cynthia. Uh, I call her Pastor C, uh, but she has really had a great influence in my life and continues to have a great influence. And I knew, I just knew, like we cannot do a women living boldly for Christ without having Pastor Cynthia on. Like, who does that, right? <laughs> so for those who may not know Pastor Cynthia, she is a relationship and marriage coach. Um, she is a mentor, a woman-to-woman -woman mentor, um, and I can probably call her my mentor as well. Um, she is a published author. She has a great book on marriage called The Love Dare. I think so. If I'm wrong, possibly correct me. Um, she is also a pastor. She's the founder and CEO of La Meet Network Trust. Um, which of course runs so many programs um, that I went through one last year. Uh, the first one actually in a pandemic, uh, which was a diverse spark and was just life-changing for me. Um, she's also an, a mother of two amazing girls and also the wife to Donald Otemi and she's just an impeccable dresser fashionista and you will see of course because her video is on um but she is just amazing so thank you so much pastor c for joining us pastor cynthia i'll say let me not give people your nickname for me let me just let them call you pastor cynthia <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us we truly appreciate that you honored us with your time um, to really be with us and minister. We really, really thank you. Asante. Asante, yes. Caroline. So you can thank take you. it away. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Um, I am so, so happy to be part of the Nairobi Chapel Embakasi uh, congregation. And I just want to greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us the ability to be alive and well today. So I greet you all, church. I hope you're all well. Um, it's We're living in very unprecedented times because I cannot imagine that I cannot see you. <laughs> and you're not in front of me. I am not used to that. The sanguine that I am, I want to be able to connect with people face to face. So this is definitely such a different season. But I thank the Lord that I can have this opportunity to speak about um, uh, living unashamedly his in this generation, in this season. And before I do start, I would like to pray. I would like to dedicate this moment to God because God has given us this opportunity. So I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender to him. I'm going to surrender this word to him. I'm going to surrender your ears to him because as we speak, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to start um, speaking into your heart and ministering to you boldly because this word is going to catapult you to your next season. And, and something is going to be so deeply um, deposited in you because we are living in a season where we have to walk unashamedly. We have to make the choice to walk unashamedly here. And so let us pray. Let's raise up our hands before us and, and just speak to our Father. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, this morning, 
I thank you for the breath of life that flows through our bodies this morning. I thank you, Father God, that we can be able to pray, we can worship online, that nothing can hold us back from the love of God. And so this morning, as I speak to this amazing congregation, I pray, Father God, that your word says that where two or three are gathered, that you are here in our midst. Jehovah God, I speak that the word of God is going to resonate in each and every one of us. Father God, I pray that we will not get distracted by what is happening around us, that we miss the word, that we miss that which we have for today. And so I pray, Father, that you will arrest us wherever we are, that whatever you have chosen for us to learn this morning, it will be our reign of word. I thank you for the ministers and the pastor of this church. I pray that you will bless the Oliolas. Thank you, Father, that they have been able to, to just minister during this season. I bless the leadership. I bless the ministry team, oh God. As they resume on June the 6th, may you walk with them. May you give them a new season bigger than the last, oh Father. And Father God, as we congregate in person, may we arise unashamedly to the next level that you're calling us into. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So as you heard from uh, Pastor Carol, is that my name is Cynthia Wamboi Otieno. I am I'm a lover of God. I am a princess, a queen that God has called me unashamedly. And so I am so excited that he loves me. He first loved me. And I, I love him because he forgave me and he has given me a second chance. I feel like I'm a second chance woman. And also um, the things that I do is that I'm a relationship and marriage coach. I love doing that, that's my day job. I, I, and, and that's something I, I love to do. Um, uh, Carol talked about the fact that uh, I have published, my husband and I published a book, When Love Dares, when you choose to dare to love God's way. And we mentor and coach women as well. I mean, I coach uh, and mentor women. Dawn does um, something that has got to do with men, which is called Man Code Events. And we are excited that in everything that we do, God has a reason in us, a, 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 a desire and a zeal to transform and impact society in the areas of relationships relationship between children and their parents, relationship in the workforce, relationships between couples. That's, that's our greatest, you know, that's what we do. Now, I want to go right into um, what we have been talking about in the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, uh, there's been amazing testimonies, testimonies from beautiful women that are walking the walk of faith unashamedly. And, and let me tell you something, listening to their testimonies, you're like, wow, 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 how is it possible? <laughs> now this woman, she's so beautiful, she's doing such great things in the marketplace, but at the same time, she is walking by faith. She is walking not by what she sees, but by faith in God. Isn't that, is that possible? Especially when we are walking in a world where we have become undercover agents, May the church say amen. We've become undercover spy agents. We do not want to look like we are very born again. I know at some point in time, 
we are going to start to get uncomfortable because what has happened is that I find that even in, in social media, there's, there's, there's something that is going out at believers that you're not supposed to believe the way you're supposed to believe, that you're not supposed to really etch into what you believe and actually have a firm foundation. So we're walking around ashamed, humili humiliated, sometimes very disappointed people. And so one of the things that I had to ask myself, because I cannot sit here and act like I haven't been ashamed at some point or, or walked humiliated and hope that nobody can actually see that I am a believing believer. So, so I'm not here to accuse anyone. I've been there, done that. But I, I asked myself the question, how is it possible to walk ashamed? What does that mean for a believer? It means that we are walking unashamedly means is to walk without guilt or embarrassment, to act or walk without guilt or embarrassment or open humiliation. <laughs> Let it sink in. When you decide and you make up your mind that I'm going to walk without guilt, embarrassment or personal humiliation because I have chosen to believe whatever I have chosen to believe. I believe that God can do it. I believe that God, that is the unashamedly walking Christian or walking woman since this was a Mother's Day conversation. Now, I, 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 I feel that, you know, when we talk about that, uh, we have to say, Pastor, can we qualify that with scripture? Because that sounds really good, but what does the word of God say? And, and once I explain what the word of God says, then we're going to go into uh, explaining, has there been evidence of people who have walked unashamedly? Is it possible that there are others? Amma, you're the first. And then I will talk about how do we then walk unashamedly? What has been the evidence or the things that have worked for people that shows that they are walking the unashamed walk? So please uh, walk with me, take some notes down if you can, and let's walk through this journey together. Now, my key scripture comes from the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And we're looking at, um, at Paul. Here is Paul, and he makes this very strong statement. I, I, when I read it, I, I feel like a, my heart does just a little bit because I'm like, oh my goodness. He, that was such a daring. That's a choleric personality, you know, because only a choleric would make such a strong statement. I mean, if, 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 you, if you're a phlegmatic, you'll be like, you know, no, not really, maybe. I'm not really sure that I can make such a statement, but he's, he's very choleric. He's very possibly a melancholy. And he's saying in verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. He says, I, Paul, am not ashamed of the gospel which is the good news of Christ. For it is God's power working unto salvation for deliverance for eternal death to everyone who believes. So he's speaking to the believers, to everyone who believes with a personal truth and a confident surrender and firm reliance to the Jews first and also to the Greek. So he's saying, I am not ashamed. I choose not to be humiliated. I choose not to walk in guilt or embarrassment. 
Why? Because I have chosen to be, because I know God's power is working unto salvation. Now, it's very easy for you to say, but, 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 look here. This is Paul, the persecutor of believers. This is a guy who had never even, he was not part of the 12 disciples. Okay, but he was a persecutor of the believers. We know his history. He had, um, you know, he had a deep conviction about what he believed. And then now he's saying in, in Romans, he's writing to the Romans and he's telling them, no, 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 no. This is me. This is my conviction for I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is Paul saying? What, what does he know at this point? He's saying that, you know what? I am not, it's, it's, it's almost like he's writing to the Romans and he's trying to convince them that I'm not wrongly aligned. Yes, I'm a Roman. Yes, this is the way we have been taught. We have been taught this way. This is the way we have done things. You know, it, where I come from, we call it motaratara. You know, we have learned this way. This is a structure of how we do things in life. Okay? But he's saying, uh-uh. I am not ashamed because I am not wrongly aligned. The alliance I have formed with Christ is the right alliance. That's what he's saying. He's saying that his confidence and trust is not misplaced. He's also saying that from Romans chapter 10, verse 11, that anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And he's saying that I cannot be put to shame. No one that has ever believed has ever been put to shame. So I ask myself, Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi, when a man such as Paul can make such a bold statement after he has killed and persecuted believers, what does he know? What has he experienced that would make him make such a bold statement to the church? Why is it that that is one of our conversations that we speak so boldly? And when we look at ourselves in 2021, walking into the sixth month during this, I call it my, our second season of COVID-19, and everything that has happened in the world, what is Paul telling us that is the unashamed walk? that we should be walking in. Why is it that it's so important that as we sit here and look at what is happening in our surroundings, what is happening in, um, in the world today, I, I, I must share this. Um, somebody posted on, on social media, so I'm sorry, a social media influencer. He's in the tourism, tourism industry, uh, not a believer, a Muslim. He went ahead and posted something about Goma. You know what is happening in Goma today? Do you know what is happening, church? Okay, one of the the, the very most uh, what do you call active, very most active uh, volcanoes have just erupted, and uh, is going to displace quite a number millions of people that live in Goma. So as a church, we should be praying. As a community, we should be praying as well as acting. So this Muslim who is a major influencer, I have a lot of respect for him. He puts on social media, guys. This is what is happening. He puts a picture on there and he says, this is what is happening. People pray for the people of Goma. That's all he says. And let me tell you, he has been rebuked. He has been, um, what do you call? They have 
insulted him and told him all manner of things that why would we pray when we are supposed to act? What are you talking about? Which God are we supposed to be subscribing to? And all of a sudden he has over a thousand comments of people cajoling him, rebuking him, and telling him how what a waste of time for you to be speaking about prayer. We are supposed to be learned. The scientists that and I looked at that and I said, this is what the world is doing today. When you call somebody to prayer, when you call somebody to speak faith, to call the things that are not as though they are, we are under attack. This is 2021. So then, how then, or what is Paul telling you? Yes, you have been a persecutor of the believers. Yes, you have had your history. We all have had our history. <laughs> We've had it. We, we all have a past. And I thank God that it's Paul talking about it because if he killed, he killed. If he sinned, I got you. If he, whatever it is, he's saying that, you know, I've been there, done that. But in verse 16, he says that, you know what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of who I have. And so I'm going to talk to you about four Ds. What does it take to walk the unashamed walk? So walk with me. The first D is going to require you as a believer, the woman and the man who wants to walk the unashamed walk, who has made up her mind. The first D is dare, dare to believe. That's what Paul is talking about. What is it that you have chosen to believe that becomes part of your story? Do you truly believe what you believe? Do you believe God's word? Do you believe that, that God's people? And do you believe God's assignment? What do you, or what have you chosen to believe unashamedly? What is it that you are willing to pay as far as cost in belief? The thing is that all of us have got to make up our mind what we believe and choose to believe. So dare to believe is number one. Dare to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for you. Dare to believe that, you know what? This word, according to the word of God, is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Do you dare to believe that it is alive and well? Even when in the midst of such coldness towards the word of God and unbelief, I choose to believe it will take the unashamed woman Walking unashamedly here is the man or woman who says, I dare to believe because it's God's word. It's alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. I dare to believe. I choose to allow my heart and my mind to be in agreement that there is one, there is God. And two, that, they, that his word is truth and he's coming back. That's the first dare. Are we together? The number two thing that I want you to realize that when we dare to believe that it will take something that I, I find very interesting. Yeah? Daring to believe will require you to discover who you are. There's no way you will dare to believe when you do not know who you are. And if you do not know who you are, it will be very difficult for you to know whose you are. So the second thing it is discover, D discover. Discovering means is that you understand your identity. You understand who you are. I, I was speaking to a group of women a couple of months ago because in the book, uh, you know, Carol was talking about 
uh, a class that she did with me, um, online class, The Diva Spark. And one of the conversations we have as women is on identity. What is identity? Is identity what the government has issued on your ID? You look at the picture, it says Chikiawagenye Primary School. That's, I mean, that, that's a di the, the district you come from, Gekabura, you know, that's, that's your identity. Or is there something more to your identity? And an identity is not just how I look and what my ID says. It has to be something more than that. And I was describing this um, in the class of a man in, uh, I think, around 2004 that was discovered behind a dumpster. And I think it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was stuck naked behind the dumpster. He, he was found badly bruised and badly injured. And when he was taken to hospital, he could, it took him a couple of days to wake up. <coughs> but when he woke up, he did not know his name. He did not have any identity card. No one claimed him, nothing, nada. So when we talk about identity, how do you know you are who you are? How do you begin to understand? If you have not discovered that, does that affect your daring to believe? And so identity for me is about the foundation and identity that we have subscribed and understood from what Christ says we are. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 from the Amplified Version this is what I have chosen to believe is my identity. I cannot find my identity anywhere else unless it's hidden in Christ. And the reason being that if I don't know what my identity is, when my foundations are shaken, when it is, when it is shaken and broken, do you know what happens? We hustle to define ourselves based on other people and things. We tend to identify ourselves when the foundations have been shaken, even sometimes in childhood, by things and people. But Christ wants to let us know that our foundation is hidden in Christ. Discover that's who you are. That's the beginning of the unashamed work. And this is what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, transformed, renewed, ready for use for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, so that we would walk in them, living the good life, which he has prepared and made ready for us. I am God's workmanship. I am who God says I am. I was created as God's workmanship. You cannot even begin to try and tell me that I am not. Why? Because my identity, I would feel like changing my identity and say, this is what God says I am. I am God's workmanship. I don't care what you told me at the job place. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. My, my, I have discovered that about who I am. The woman who's walking unashamedly actually understands that. She says, I am not selling myself short because of the broken foundations of my childhood, the broken foundations of my relationships. I will not succumb to that. I may be shaken, I may be bruised, but I'm not broken to the point that I do not know who God says I am. 
and identically fully grounded in Christ is one that helps me understand that I am loved, I am chosen, I'm celebrated, I am needed, I am his. Woo! That's what who, that's who I am. And discovering that makes me feel all these mahibijibis. Because you know what? I'm his. You cannot convince me any other way. But it took a woman who was very unsure of herself, at some point who was so insecure, a woman who did not believe that God says that. It, it, it took a season for this woman to actually believe these words that I'm speaking. And so my prayer for you is discover who you are, that then you can walk the walk of faith. Because let me tell you something. If we don't discover who we are, we are selling ourselves short to the world, to your spouse, to your workforce. You're selling yourself short because you're giving not the full 100% of who God has called out. Do you know that? We're selling ourselves short. When I don't know the full capacity and the full potential of who God has put here, guess what? I will not give the 100. I'm probably giving 20. And the other, the other 80 is that I'm complaining. I am all over the place. You get me, ladies and gentlemen? So discover who you are. Then the next day, I love this one, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, because I'm speaking to, to, to majority women, I'm going to tell you dream. Dream. And I'm going to rush a little bit now because I can see my time is almost here. Dream that something bigger and better is going to come out of you. I, I like what Miles Monroe says, is that the woman is a wound, is an incubator. We are, we, with, uh, we are able to incubate visions, we incubate dreams. That's the reason why in the womb comes life. What are you incubating in your dreams and your visions this season? Me, let me tell you something, there's no reason why you shouldn't be incubating some great things, bigger and better than what was in the last season. Please quit co complaining about COVID because this has been such an amazing opportunity to write books, to tell stories, to have podcasts, has to do all manner of information out there. I find it so amazing when I see so many people thriving in the midst of COVID. You know why? Something in the womb of their dreams and their vision has come to fruition. They began to believe that Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, even in the midst of COVID-19, the plans that I have for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Have you believed that God has a plan for you, even in the midst of such trying times? Have you chosen to believe? Have you chosen to say that, you know, no matter what, I, I call her the no matter what woman, no matter what you throw at me, I will make it turn around. No matter what you think I can do, I will I'll do it greater. Why? Because I am a dreamer. Because God says I can dream. I'm a, I'm a wounded man. I have a womb, I incubate dreams, I incubate visions, and I ask God, here I lay them at your feet, may they come to pass. Dream, so what are you dreaming in this season? What have you chosen to dream that becomes part and parcel of your next season? What are you dreaming and writing down 
that you present to God and you say, God, this, I write my vision, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, write my vision and make it plain so that then when you give it to a runner, he will run with it. Then number four, last but not least, this one is, <laughs> this one, this one challenges me, discipline. The number four, so the first one was dare to believe. Number two, discover who you are. Three, dream. Number four, discipline. There's something that Paul is talking about that really blows my mind away. And, and he talks about discipline. And, and, and when I was writing my notes, I was asking God, discipline, you know, that's something that I really struggle. And I don't know if you guys, you know, you guys sound really perfect. You're great with your disciplines, but I really struggle with discipline. I struggle with, um, you know, getting, setting structures and making things happen. I mean, being a sanguine, I mean, I'm, I change things all the time. And one of the things that God is challenging me this week, and, and, and by the way, I, I forgot to tell you, I have my girls my accountability group here, they, they are here. Imagine and they're listening. So, so <laughs> they're holding me accountable. You better speak about your disciplines, issues. <laughs> so two of my girls are here. I think the, the other one should also be. And they're listening. And, and one of the things that they know is that a discipline, especially when it comes to the discipline of working out, one moment I wake up and I'm really excited. I'm going to cycle from here, you know, a bicycle all the way from here to Siokimau. I reach halfway and I'm thinking I'm too cute for this. And I turn back, discipline. Uh-huh. And so this is what Paul is saying. I find this very interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. Now, every athlete who goes into a training conducts himself uh, temper, uh, temperately. And, and restricts himself to all things. And he says, they do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Hey, that's discipline. Therefore, I do not run a certainly. I do not box like a beating in the air and striking without an adversary. But I buffet, buffet my body. Hey, I beat it until it's black and blue. Discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel that, and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test or be unapproved. What Paul is saying, I beat my body. I wake up in the morning and choose to read the word of God when the sleep is beautiful. I wake up and make myself get into the diet of actually choosing what I'm going to take in from social media because what I put in must be under the lens or under, what, what are you disciplining yourself? The runner must be disciplined for the course. The agenda online, they have to make sure that they know the course. They have to understand that. What are you disciplining your body? What are you learning to train your mind daily? Keeping your mind alert every day. Do you know what I learned today? That Paul Reba of Northwest University says your brain has the ability to retain 2.5 petabytes now, for those of us who have not done any, any IT, listen to this, that your brain, that brain, the one that you keep saying, I keep forgetting, I'm so forgetful. Hey, hey pray for me, I'm so forgetful nowadays. Eh? Your brain has the ability to retain 2.5 petabytes 
of data, which is 2.5 million gigabytes. Your brain, which is 300 years of television. Please swallow that. Yet, when it comes to memorizing scripture, oh, you know, it's not memorizable. You know, the, it's so difficult. We used to be able to do it in Sunday school. Eh? Eh, it's so difficult to memorize. Oh, you know, I can't. I, eh, eh. Discipline people. The man and the woman who has got to walk unashamedly has got to discipline her flesh has got to say, yes, I may be too cute for this, but I'll wake up in the morning and run and read the scriptures. You know why? We are living in times where we cannot, we cannot succumb ourselves to mediocrity. If your brain has about 2.5 million gigabytes, hey, I challenge you, how much have you retained of God's word? You know, I was reading about the Chinese. You know why many of them do not have actual Bibles? You know, you know, they, they, uh, some guy went to, to a church that they did have any Bibles, but you know what they had? They had memorized the whole of Matthew, Mark. So whenever the teachings would take place, somebody would stand up and he has memorized the whole book of Matthew and he will go ahead and regurgitate it to the church and they will learn from him. Then next Tuesday, guess what? The one who has read the whole book of Luke. So what happens when they get a hold of a Bible, everybody has their part they memorize. Oh my goodness. The church in Nairobi. Ooh. We know the series. All the series, some of them we can even say by name. We know everything in TikTok, but we don't know the scriptures. I leave it here. Now, I want to conclude with this. The unashamed woman or walking unashamedly his, is going to be the person who has stopped singing this song. I was, I was singing this song this morning <laughs> and I remembered my Sunday school. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was in a Sunday school in, some, um, in a church where we would sing on top of our lungs eh? and we would sing this song. I have decided, please sing with me, to follow Jesus. I have to, okay, to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And then we say, though none goes with me. Uh -huh. Then we say, my cross I'll carry, I'll carry till I see Jesus. Eh? And then we say, the world behind me. We sang it, we rolled on the ground. We were so, um, you know, it is. We are saying, I will follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, I will follow. But you know what we are singing today? When it's convenient, I'll follow Jesus. When it's my comfort, I'll follow Jesus. If it will not cost me, I'll follow Jesus. That's the song you've been singing. When it's convenient, you will come to church. When it's comfortable, as long as it doesn't itch, I'll go to church. I'll read the word of God. My prayer for you church and you know it we can we can sit here and feel all these you know things but my prayer for you my beloved believers is that the four days it will take the man and woman in this season who's not just going to just be a follower 
following because it's convenient, following because it's comfortable. But it's a person who says, I dare to believe because God's word says I should believe. I'm afraid to believe today because when I go to work, this is what is going to happen. But you know, God says that this is a truth of God's word. I have discovered who I am. I'm not the woman that I used to be. You guys, if you knew who I used to be and the things that I got into, but I have discovered my identity. I am God's workmanship. I am his. And then I have chosen to dream because if I stop dreaming, I'm going to die. So I choose to dream that this nation, that the responsibility does not fall on somebody else. It falls on me to act on my neighborhoods, act on my family and my children. I'm not waiting for somebody else. So dreaming means I dream that I can impact into my society. Discipline means I beat my flesh. I have refused to continue to be mediocre, but beating my fresh, hey, fresh, Beating my flesh will require me to be disciplined, will require me to do more of what God has called me to be. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, the unashamed walk is a walk that is not for many. Many are afraid. Many, many will, will say that, you know what, Pastor C, it's, it's not easy. And I know it's not. I know it's not going to be any easier because things are tight, things are tough. But the word of God tells us this. In Hebrews chapter 12, now that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, do you know what that means? That at some point in time, that Deborah was sitting at her vantage point, at the place where she was sitting, she noticed that there is no judge no, have no one to speak to Sisera and actually fight Sisera. And she said, not on my watch. There was a Deborah who decided to arise as a judge at a time like that. It also means that amongst the crowd of witnesses is Rahab the prostitute who makes up her mind and realized that, you know what? These men that have come to, to come into my home, I discern that they are great men. They can, I can't give them over to the crowd. And through discernment, she decided and made up her mind that she will not give them over. Instead, she was going to put a rope down and allow them to take off. Mary, through an angel, became with child. And imagine that for a young girl, a teenage girl, that she would look at herself and realize that God has a bigger and a major plan for her life. If there is such a great cloud of witnesses out there that the world, the, the, the Bible speaks about, who am I not to walk that unashamed walk? The Bible is telling us the crowd of witnesses, according to Hebrews chapter 12, they did it. They reached, they ran their race, ran your race unashamedly. God bless you, church. God bless you. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you that you've, you've just really re walked with us and you have rebuked us uh, in our disciplines, in, in being able to, <laughs> to look at ourselves and say, Father God, that we, we, we have to arise. 
We have to arise and, and walk unashamedly because God, Hebrews chapter 12, talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Father God, the cloud that is sitting there, are Moses, uh, the cloud that is sitting there is Esther. And Father God, they were not exceptionally special. They were just human like us. I pray for this congregation, the 15 or 16 of men and women that are sitting in their homes, that they will arise and they will be counted as faithful. They will dare to believe that God has called them at such a time as this. God, that you, they will discover who they are in the midst of a pandemic and actually begin to dream big dreams bigger than themselves. And Father God, that they will discipline their flesh where their mind tells them they can't. They say that this is what God says I can. And Father God, I bless them that they walk into a season and a newness that they have not experienced yet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 